What's good, y'all? What's poppin'? Welcome back to another episode of the We Hate Sports Podcast, episode 124. I'm the moderator, Desi, and as always, I hope everyone has had a great weekend weekend. This past weekend was definitely the weekend of closeouts, from the Lakers and Heat uh, putting the Warriors and Knicks away in six, to the Sixers choking away yet another ticket to the Eastern Conference Finals for the third consecutive season. But of course, we're getting into that later. And honestly, I think the whole crew and the listeners are ready to hear what our diehard Philly fan and our main co-host, PC, has to say. So let's go ahead and get introduced to the rest of the crew, starting with the man of the hour himself, Mr. Philly, PC Cameron. Yeah, you had that plan the entire day. You've been waiting. Ever since we started recording this episode <laughs> at nine o'clock at night, <laughs> nine o'clock Eastern, to troll me. Look, any smoke that has come my way in the last 24 hours uh, has been warranted. But guess what? I'm still here, and my Eagles are still better than everybody's football teams here. So I at least have that. I at least have that. Y'all can't take that from me. Of course. I always got to jump to another sport. TK? Was it the. The, the the Eagles that won the Super Bowl or was it the Chiefs? I I can't really remember with the way that PC's talking about now. But um, I digress. I digress. Um, you know, I, the I, PC. I know there were Chiefs fans on this podcast still. There 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 aren't there aren't. But I'm just saying, you know, the way the way that you're talking is it would sound like the Eagles won the Super Bowl and you know the, the Eagles lost the Super Bowl, and then you watched your your baseball team lose in the World That's Series and Broncos fans. Then you watch your, and then and then you have to watch your Philadelphia 76ers come up short again. And I'm pretty sure I read something today that said even the Major League Soccer team got to the championship game and lost too. It is just a tough time for Philly fans, PC, and as your brother. A guy I call my twin, my my brother from another mother. I just want to say, I love you and I'm sorry, man. I'm 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 just I'm just I'm I'm sorry. Gianni, I'm excited about the conference finals, Celtics and Heat, third time in four years, sixth time since 2010. I think this is the best rivalry in basketball, in my opinion. Talu. I only got to say one thing, and we can move on. Okay. I'm for, for, for the list, obviously, I'm not putting that in. You know, we all know the uh, F. Seth Curry song. If you don't, well, look it up. All I got to say, three words. Let's move on. <laughs> Anyways, let's go over what we'll be getting into this week. Starting off this week episode will be our weekly questions segment two we're playing a game of would you rather james harden edition and after his game seven performance that should be very interesting so stay tuned in for that segment three will be my personal favorite which is hot takes and lastly one final word from our main co-host pc with kim's mother uh, we got a couple of things to get into uh, but first, if you haven't already, please be sure to follow us on our socials at WHS underscore podcast on Instagram and Twitter and at We Hate Sports all jammed together on TikTok and YouTube. Jumping right on into these questions. Question one, 
yesterday, yesterday the Boston Celtics defeated the Philadelphia 76ers 112 to 188, winning the series 4-3 in Game 7 to move on to the Eastern Conference Finals. Embiid and uh, Harden struggled throughout the game, combining for 24 points and 8 rebounds. Jason Tatum had the game of his life, breaking the all-time scoring record in Game 7 with 51 points and 13 rebounds. What was the biggest reason for the 76ers collapse? PC, your thoughts first. Man, 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 man. It's like, I said this would be over in six with the Celtics, but then, you know, the Sixers, they took it to seven. And, and shout out to the Sixers for taking it to seven, bro. Um, Because before the game started, I thought Philadelphia had a chance, PC. And then the game started, and you guys just had absolutely no chance throughout the whole game. Um, I I'm I don't know if I, if I'm correct with this stat, but I don't think you guys had a lead the entire. No, no, there there actually was back and forth for like the first half, and then the third half it just got completely out of hand. Fourth quarter, it was just already over by the third quarter. Um, so as much as as much as I'm hearing about Doc Rivers being fired, which I'm pretty sure is going to happen. Doc Rivers has to be fired. I think he's been there about three, four years now. And you just keep finding ways to, to to be knocked out of the second round playoffs and never reach a Houston Conference Finals, never reach a Finals. Um, Doc Rivers, it, it, I mean, we, we all know how the NBA works. He's getting fired. See, the Joel or Doc, and it's going to be Doc. But for this specific Game 7, bro, Honestly, I gotta blame I gotta blame James Harden and Joel Embiid as much as as much as I've seen the finger being pointed at Doc Rivers, bro. A combined twenty four points. Fifteen came from Joel Embiid. Nine points came from James Harden. I'm gonna repeat that one more time, bro. The MVP of the NBA in the most important game of his entire life. Got 15 points and eight rebounds. That's just completely unacceptable. We already know what James Harden does in these Game 7 games. I think he has the worst shooting percentage of all time in Game 7s. I'm not making this up. You can literally look this up if you don't believe me for the listeners. The worst shooting percentage in Game 7s of all time in NBA history. That is absolutely terrible. Like I said, the game went back and forth the first half. And even then, James Harden was still having a bad game, even in the first half, and they still somehow were able to keep themselves in this game. Shout out to, to shout out to Maxi. Um, but honestly, PC, like I said, the first three we talked about this earlier in the chat. The first three, I, I, I I'll, I'll admit with you, even though I still kind of disagree, I can't put those first three losses during the Doc era on Joel Embiid. It was the Ben Simmons shot that he wouldn't take underneath the goal. Then you had the crazy shot by Kawhi Leonard. And then you had a 51-point game from Jason Tatum, who just completely just ripped you guys' heart out. Um, But this specific game, I don't think you can blame anybody but Joel Embiid and James Harden. A combined 24 points is just absolutely unacceptable from two superstars, who I'm not even going to call James Harden a superstar anymore. Those years are done. You are a star at best. Joel Embiid is still a superstar, but he just has, honestly, he's almost 30 now. I don't know what, I don't. I, I just don't think the road for him to finally get out of the Eastern Conference is going to get any easier. I just think it's going to only get harder as teams get better. And like I said, as, as, as Joel Embiid gets older. Um, 
I don't know, man. It was, bro. I just, I, I just don't think I've ever seen superstars play that play that bad in a game, bro. And when you have two superstars, when one of them fails, the other one should be able to kind of pick up the slack of of one player being so bad. But when you have two of your superstars playing as bad as Joel and Harden did, I mean, you have absolutely no chance, bro. And shout out to the Boston Celtics, bro. Well, like. Harden, like basically what TK said, Harden and Embiid are a complete no-show. And I'm going to go a little bit more ahead of that team. I feel I feel like the Sixers in this series was not too mentally strong enough to finish the job. They had the, they had the game six because let's go back to game six. They had the lead in the fourth quarter, and they blew it. Like, I, I just... I just can't believe that. Like they, they had the game. I felt like they were going to to make the Eastern Conference Finals. Like that was just like crazy because it was eighty three to like seventy nine or something like that, and they only scored three points for like last seven minutes. And after that, look at what happened yesterday. It was fifty five fifty five early in the third quarter, and then right out of the gates, it was eighty to fifty eight. Like that is just. Unbelievable! Like I, I just can't believe um, how they fell apart. Honestly, I thought they had it after Game Five. I actually thought they had the series because Boston was kind of reeling a little bit. And I think the thing, one of the changes they did that was actually um, pretty important, if you look at the series, is putting Rob Williams in the starting lineup. Kind of changed a little bit the complexion of the series. I think them going with two bigs there. Um, kind of took the lane out of the Sixers, in my opinion. But, like, Embiid and Harden has to be better. Um, I think Harden is gone. I think he's going to go probably to Houston back there. I don't know what he can do over there because after this performance, uh, I, I don't think they're going to do much in Houston. So, yeah, I, I, it's just – I feel like it's like embarrassing, honestly. This, this is the MVP, bro. All season long, people were debating Jokic and Embiid, Embiid, Jokic. But now, Jokic beat those allegations, man. Because 15 points on 5 for 18 shooting in a game 7. This man was getting locked up by the corpse of Al Horford. The corpse of Al Horford, 36-year-old Al Horford had this man on lockdown all game. Oh, by the way, the three game sevens that Joel Embiid has played, he is 0 for 3, and he's averaged 22 points, 20% from three. This man averaged 30 in the regular season. But this man averages, that is probably the biggest drop-off I've ever seen in my life, bro. From 30 points to 22 points? Are you serious? But not only, not, it's not all Joel Embiid's fault. That's all he says. The game, the basketball's played five on five. If I was Joel Embiid's teammate and I heard him say that, I would be furious. I would be so mad. You, you're the superstar. You're the best player on the team, and you're and you're throwing me under the bus. 
And not only that, James Harden, this is typical James Harden. I don't even know why people are shocked at the way James Harden plays. James Harden is a playoff choker. We've all known this. We all, ever since he was in Houston, when they didn't have Kevin Durant, when Kevin Durant was injured and he had the chance to beat the Golden State Warriors and Steph Curry came into his house and outplayed him. We all know about this day, about James Harden folding in the playoffs. This is not surprising, bro. This isn't surprising. Nine points, really? Jalen Brown had that man in prison all game, bro. All game. Man, nine points for James Harden. Lil Baby gonna strip him of his 4PF chain because that's all he hangs out with. Lil Baby is going to strip him. If I was Lil Baby, I'd block this man. I'd block him. I'd block him. We all know James Harden is who he is. He says he is. And I see this, this report saying that he wants to go to the Suns. This man is a whole fraud. He is a fraud. He will never beat these allegations, bro. Joel Embiid is no longer a top three big man in the game. I don't care what anybody says. It's Anthony Davis, it's Jokic, and it's Giannis. Those are the three best bigs in the game right now. Joel Embiid is not there anymore. You cannot be one of the top three big in the game, and you've never reached the conference finals. In the playoffs, Joel Embiid either doesn't perform or he's hurt. I'm sick of the excuses for this man, bro. I am done. That tinfoil MVP is gone. Jokic should have been the real MVP. And especially after what he said in the press conference. Nah, bro. Nah, that's not a leader to me, man. That's not a leader. It's not a leader, bro. You're the best player on the team and you said that bullshit. Nah, excuse my language. But that's that's ridiculous, man. Ridiculous. The Sixers will never beat the, the second round allegations, man. They will never beat the second round allegations. Something needs to change in Philly. And obviously, Doc Rivers is going to be Doc Rivers, bro. Doc Rivers has a trend for blowing leads. But it all wasn't on Doc Rivers yesterday. The two stars didn't show up. Two known playoff chokers didn't show up, bro. Unbelievable, man. Unbelievable. Yeah, so um, I'm really glad I, I listened to all of your answers first. Um, I'm going to break down, you know, the biggest points I took away from everybody's take. Um, but first off, let me start by saying this. I wish I can come on to this podcast for once and not have to say something bad about my team that I like not have to say something reflective when they come up short in a game that they had a chance to win. Especially for the last year now, I've watched my Eagles lose the Super Bowl, Flyers be bad, the Phillies lose the World Series, the Sixers almost make it out of the second round. Hell, even the Union decide to you know i, I want to just feel uh, uh, just a just a small taste of victory with the philadelphia team and we didn't do that hell even in the in the usfl with the philadelphia stars they lost in the championship game it's been a rough year and this past sunday was the 
10th anniversary of Sam Hinkie being hired as the general manager for the Sixers, where the famous or infamous quote, trust the process, was born. And here we are, 10 years later, talking about trust the process, where a lot of people are going to see the process as a failure now. And it starts with Joel Embiid. Guy who won the MVP this season. Guy who I still think is a top three big in this league. The guy who earned that MVP trophy. I will stand by that until the day I die. He earned it. You don't win MVP by just being a dude in the running. You have to do something right. Joel Embiid did something right. And this dude's luck is so horrible because year in and year out, he's constantly getting hurt off of injuries that are no fault of his own. Sprained LCL is not something that an average player comes back in, especially if it's grade two in, in two weeks. But this past Sunday was Mother's Day. You know, I hope you all know. I hope you all celebrate with your moms. I celebrate with my mom. I celebrated with my grandmom. And I took them out to eat this fancy brunch at this fancy restaurant. Hell, I even took them to a casino. All right, so for that entire first half, I could not even... I was watching the game, but I was still with Finn. I was eager to get back to my house so I can watch... The Sixers do something to exercise a 20-year demon to finally hear this organization of this allegation of never making out of the second round. You know what you did to me, Philadelphia? You know what you did to me? Joel Embiid, James Harden, Doc Rivers. You took my heart and you quite literally tore it in half. I was with my mom and my grandma for most of that day, man. I was still watching the game because I believed in this team. I believed in the process. I believed that this team had what it takes. And you come out and you shit the bed. Essentially ignoring my family for you. Giving up my, my, my time. My time. Playing so much sweat and blood and tears and arguments into this team for you guys to just come out and, and quit. Get little brothered by Jason Tatum and the Boston Celtics. Do you realize what that does to a man? You realize what that does to a Philadelphia fan? A hardcore Philadelphia fan like me who has watched so much pain and misery over the last year. And you guys come out after after still being in the game at halftime. You're only down by three. It's a three-point lead at halftime, and you come out, and you only post 10 points in the third quarter of a winner-take-all game to get you to the Eastern Conference Finals. And the worst part, the worst part, is now I have to spend my entire summer Spend half of my fall defending you still, at least defending one of you. I'm talking to you, Joel. 
You're my guy. You're my king. That's my favorite player. Everybody knows I won't go to war for that, man. I will die for Joel Embiid. But, dude, you can't come out in the biggest game of your entire life and only have 15 points on 5 of 18 shooting. And locked down by by 36-year-old Al Horford, who I know that you can outmaneuver and outpower. We've seen it before. That side of game two and game seven, you posted at least 30 in this series. You didn't play game one. I I had a suspicion after game six when we didn't close it out. You know, because I'm going to start breaking down everybody's, the biggest takes I took away from everybody's take here. You know, Tolu keeps talking about how Doyle was taking essentially no credibility, no um, accountability, rather, for the loss. I will say this one time and one time only. That quote was completely taken out of context. Joel Embiid took all accountability, as a matter of fact, for that loss. All right. That 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 response, that quote that keeps flying around was in response to the entire team, which Joel and James aren't the entire team. So he's not wrong in what he said. The only difference is that he is also a part of the team and he still played like us. The real quote from Joel Embiid is um, what I'm going to read right here. And this is a quote that should be flowing around from everybody. And I quote, if I don't finish first, it's a failure. I don't think I would have been proud of myself going to the finals and losing. I freaking hate losing. If you want to call me the best player on the team, every loss and failure should be on me. It's all on me. I will be better. End quote. That's what Joel Embiid said. That's taking accountability for essentially coming out and performing, uh, having your worst playoff game as a pro. So that's number one. Number two, I do kind of agree with what TK said. That loss was not nearly as half on Doc as it was on our star players. All right, Doc is going to take the fall for this because now, now Daryl Morey has a decision to make between either keeping Doc Rivers we're keeping James Harden. I think we all know who's going to stay in Philadelphia. I'm indifferent about James Harden at this point. If he stays, he stays. If he goes, oh well. I'm not losing sleeping. I'm not losing sleep over it. So, Doc, I hate this how you had to go, man. But if there is ever going to be time for change. With the Philadelphia 76ers, it starts with the man who is leading the charge, who is coaching this team year in and year out, and that's you, Doc. Your track record doesn't help you either. And finally, Johnny said something about not having the mental mental toughness to win this game this past Sunday. This is the toughest, mentally toughest team that I've seen ever since I've been a Sixers fan. I want to make that perfectly clear. This team was mentally tough. This team had to sit through a month without James Harden. It had to sit through a month without Tyrese Maxey. It had to go to Brooklyn and sweep them one game without their star player. They had to crawl themselves 
out of the trenches of their own home court just to beat Boston Celtics at home in game four with some heroics from James Harden, which is why it's so flabbergasting you to go for 42 for nine. But that's not the point. This team was mentally tough as steel. There comes a point where you don't have to be mentally tough to win game. All you have to do is hit your shots. The Sixers did not hit their shots at the end of game six. They did not hit their shots, at least Harden and Embiid didn't, for the entire game seven. And the team, especially as a whole, did not hit their shots in that third quarter when they only posted 10 freaking points. Can't happen. This is the pattern. This is what we're dealing with. This is what we have to deal with year in and year out from a team like the Philadelphia 76ers. I feel like I'm going insane talking about the same thing every single year with this team. A few years back, the Hawks, it was, oh, it was only Embiid and Curry that decided to show up. A few years back, it was the Kawhi shot. Luckiest shot in the world. In the bubble, Simmons couldn't play. Then it was Simmons that, that passed up, pass up the shot in Game 7 against the Hawks. We've had multiple chances in year in and year out. I had to come on to this podcast and say and try to defend why we lost. And I just can't do it this year. Can't. Star players came out and they played horrible. Our coach, gone next year. All players are on the scene, probably gone next year. And that is the silver lining I'm taking away from this. Maybe there's finally going to be some significant change that will finally help this organization defeat this demon that has been plaguing them for the last 20 years now. Finally get out of the second round. You could still win with a guy like Joel Embiid, all right? I don't, I don't, I don't want to hear what anybody has to say. This guy... He's still been the MVP of the league. He's been the MVP running for the last three years now. He's a guy that you can win a title with. James Harden, if it was up to me, I would have Maxi take control of the entire offense because he's still young, and we've seen his potential. Every cloud has its silver lining, man, and... You know, maybe this is finally the start of something new, something different with the Philadelphia 76ers because something's got to change. But I'm not going to come on here and defend this team. I can't anymore. All right. The most valiant guy, the guy that defended Ben Simmons for four years. I, I just, I can't do it anymore. I'm tired. Philadelphia, I'm tired. And there's nothing that I could say to change anybody's minds on this podcast. There's something I could say that'll change anybody's mind, you know, about the team right now, about Joel and B, about James Harden, about the organization as a whole. Nothing will convince anybody right now that of the narrative about this team. The narrative about this team right now is that we are nothing more than some playoff jokers. It's the brutal truth. Tired, man. I'm just tired. Okay. Question two. 
The Los Angeles Lakers beat the Golden State Warriors 122-101 in Game 6 to win the series 4-2 and move on to the Western Conference Finals to face the Denver Nuggets. LeBron had one of his vintage moments, dropping 30 points, 9 rebounds, and 9 assists, and Anthony Davis did his part as well, posting 17 points 20, and 20 rebounds. What's the key to the Lakers winning the Western Conference Finals against the Nuggets and moving on to the NBA Finals? Um, Jenny, your thoughts first. Well, in my opinion, in this series, I have the Lakers winning in six games this series. I think the key really is to attack Jokic defense, I feel, because if you look at the first two rounds, really, against the Timberwolves and and against the Suns, there was really no, like, big right there that was going to, like, take over a game against Jokic. And I think Anthony Davis has to take advantage of those matchups. Um, I think LeBron's going to have a big series as well. I think – I feel like this series can easily go seven, I feel. But I think overall, I just feel like – I'm not I'm not going to disrespect Denver because I think people are disrespecting Denver. I think they're really, really legit and good. But I, I just think the Lakers are a little bit better all around. And I think this series is going to come down to those matchups of Jokic and AD. And I think Braun is going to have a great series. I think this series could potentially be a classic. But overall, I think it's the AD versus Jokic. I think that's the matchup that's going to decide this entire series, really. And I have the Lakers in six. I think, like, everybody in this podcast has to look in that matchup because that matchup is going to decide... Who's going to go to the finals? Yeah, I'm going to echo off Gianni. It all comes down to LeBron and Anthony Davis. They got to figure out how to stop uh, Joker. And uh, not only just Joker, it's KCP, Jamal Murray, uh, Bruce Brown, Aaron Gordon. You know, the Denver Nuggets have a legit deep team. So it's going to take a team effort for the Lakers to, you know, stop because – the Denver Nuggets like to cut a lot, so the, the Lakers have to stop them from cutting to the basket because you know how that's how Jokic uh, gets those passes and stuff. And Anthony Davis, man, this he's been he's been having a probably one of the best defensive playoffs of in NBA history. But he's got his hands full, and I think the Lakers need another. I'm Obama's injured right now, which is unfortunate, but. The Lakers need Mo Bamba healthy because the last time the Lakers matched with Denver, they threw Dwight Howard, JaVale McGee, and Anthony Davis on Jokic. I mean, not saying that's the same Nuggets team, but they need you need multiple bigs on Jokic because if Jokic is getting assists and scoring the ball, like the Nuggets are going to blow the Lakers out by 30 every game if they let that happen. They cannot let that happen. So if they do, if they stop. The, uh, the Denver Nuggets from cutting and get and pre- and prevent Jokic from getting assists. I think the Lakers are going to win in six, but that's a big if. So Anthony Davis, I know you've been having one of the best defensive playoffs of all time, best defender in the league in my opinion. But you you got your hands full this time. But I, I think Anthony Davis is going to rise up to the challenge, and you know LeBron is going to be LeBron. I don't think anyone on the on the Nuggets can can guard LeBron. Even with a bad foot, um, it's simple. AD has to play consistently, effectively well. Um, I feel like 
this Nuggets team, when AD does play at his best, can still beat the Lakers because they are that deep. All right. I, I'm looking back at that at that Sun series, and they just they just poured it on. They just mentally kept taking the Suns out of every single game. All right. You know, shout out to Booker and to KD, you know, for at least winning two against that that team. But uh, the Nuggets are a deep squad and have role players that are stepping up when they need to. Contavious Caldwell Pope posted 21 points in that game six clinching victory for Denver. All right. That's that's their that's their fourth scoring option. That's a that's the scoring option off the bench for you know the Nuggets. That's not even mentioning a guy like Michael Porter Jr., who we all know can go off for 30 if he really wants to. Um, Jokic, of course, who's going to facilitate uh, having a big as your point guard, essentially. It's always deadly. Aaron Gordon having a career year. Bruce Brown's been magnificent off the bench for him. And Jamal Murray, uh, Murray has been having a, a great series as well. Great playoffs, great postseason. Um, you know, so I think the for the Lakers, you know, if they come out and Anthony Davis only posts like 15 and, and 10, that that's not nearly going to be enough. There is no room for mistake at this point. Like Anthony can't, AD cannot have one or even two games where he is just out of it offensively. You know, he's been having a good defensive postseason. All right. But now we all need Anthony Davis to have a great, offensive postseason all right a consistent one an effective one which we all know that he can do uh i will say this Jokic for the first two rounds has had deandre eaton jack lindale carl anthony towns and rudy gobert covering him the best defensive player that i just named out of those four guys is rudy gobert and that's only because he's been defensive player of the year before but we all know rudy gobert bit overrated at this point so you know, there's obviously the best offensive guy that uh, you'll get just based so far in the playoffs is going to be Anthony Davis. So I'm intrigued to see that matchup. Um, but this series, I think, is definitely it's either going to end in six or seven. Um, and it's going to take a Herculean effort. It's going to take the role players for the Lakers to step up as well. Um, I'm thinking the X Factor in that series has to be Austin Reeves, who's, uh, who's been incredible for L.A. Um, but now they need him to turn it up to another level. Um, D'Angelo Russell as well. Um, he got, got taken out of that series um, uh, against Golden State after like the, the second game. Um, you know, so if Golden State, or as horrible defensively as they were, can take Russell out of the game, that means that LeBron has to score more. And LeBron isn't, you know, the same as it used to be. His stamina, his duration, his durability is not the same as it once was. Um, so he can't be Superman every single night. All right. I, I mean this when I say this because, you know, I, I don't want to, you know, BS any Laker fan on this podcast. Like the Lakers essentially have to play damn near perfect. All right. In order to beat this Nuggets team, you know, in five or six, which I do think is possible. All right. I do still think that's possible. But the longer the series goes on, more mentally draining, more physically draining it is, you know, to beat a Nuggets team. You say, let's say we they, the Lakers beat the Nuggets, you know, in the first two games by like one or two points. 
All right, that's still physically draining for a guy like LeBron James or Anthony Davis or anybody else. And, you know, foul trouble is also going to be a, a key issue. All right, especially with Mo Bamba being out. I even know he was hurt. So the Lakers could do it. They most certainly can beat this team in five or six games. But, you know, I can also see the Nuggets winning in six or seven. Thank God, bro. I was so sick and tired of listening to that. But um, anyways, first of all, let me just say this. First of all, the Lakers do not need to play to have a perfect series against the Nuggets. We've already played the hardest, in my opinion, the hardest team that we were going to face with the Warriors, and we just beat that team in six. So that's the first thing. Let me say that first. Second of all, I don't know if you guys know this, but the whole AD versus Jokic matchup, yeah, AD owns Jokic in their one-on-ones. AD, uh, Jokic always tends to get in foul trouble. He's always having to get taken out of the game early because he cannot guard AD. Jokic does not play defense at all. He's a terrible defender. And I think, I, I mean, I don't, I don't even know why I really have to um, say that, but you, then you're talking about on the other end where a, Anthony Davis has been the best defender in the entire uh, postseason, and I honestly think that's going to play a major effect when Jokic finally actually actually plays some competition. Because, like PC said, um, Rudy Gobert, sure he's a defensive player of the year one or two times, whatever it was, completely overrated, absolute dog shit. Excuse my language. He's just absolutely one of the most overrated defenders in the entire league. He does absolutely nothing. He was just best to be seven feet tall. So let's get that out of the way. Um, I think we need to, I think the only part I agree with what PC said was that Anthony Davis is going to have to be the best player on the entire, on the entire floor, on the entire floor, which I believe is, is possible, especially when you put a guy like Jokic in foul trouble, which is exactly what I believe is going to happen. Jokic is going to be in foul trouble for a majority of the series. And that is going to play to the advantage of the Lakers. LeBron James does not need to be LeBron James. And it's not, and LeBron James hasn't been LeBron James because he's not LeBron James anymore. LeBron James is finally on the team where other role players are stepping up. Anthony Davis is doing his part and he doesn't have to be what he once was. If he does have to do it this series, though, PC, I guarantee you LeBron James will have absolutely no problem being the old Vincent LeBron James that we've seen. Hence, he just did it in game six against the Warriors, 30 points, nine, nine rebounds, nine assists. That LeBron is still inside. He just has not had to bring it out yet. So that's even that's another reason why I feel extremely confident about my Lakers. <clears throat> we haven't even seen the best of LeBron yet, and that guy is still in there. Whenever LeBron has to crank that up, he's going to crank it up, and it's going to be absolutely devastating for the opponent. So that's number three or four or whatever point I was on. Anthony Davis has to be the best player on the court. He has to be the best defender on the court. I believe that will happen. We all seen what happened in 2020. We beat them in six games. Shout out to Kobe Ryan, RIP, and Anthony Davis with the famous shot that we all saw him that we all saw him hit uh, in, in, in the play in the playoffs in the bubble where he shot it out Kobe and then made the shot to win the game. I believe that was like game five or something. I think we had like one more left. But um, yeah, honestly, I'm I I I, I don't know if we have Denver Nuggets fan listen to this. I'm really not that concerned honestly i was as concerned that i was going to be versus the warriors because it's stephen curry clay thompson draymond green the warriors dynasty we all know how absolutely just terrible that was for the entire league when kevin durant was there even after he left the warriors still found some way found a way to win the championship two years later after kd leaves um but yeah I, i'm just honestly I, I i just feel really confident i think it is going to be um a pretty good matchup um, I think some games are going to be a lot closer than others. We might get a blowout from the Lakers and the Nuggets. Honestly. There may be one blowout game for each team in there. But um, I expect the Lakers to win in six. 
I expect Anthony Davis to continue to be the player that he's been the entire postseason. I don't see any reason why I would slow down now. Um, him and LeBron James, they really want this championship. And I think, honestly, um, they're tired of the whole Lakers bubble. They only won because they were in a bubble thing. They, I mean, they listen to all these things. And honestly, I think Anthony Davis and LeBron James, their goal is to go win the championship. So, so the whole LeBron James only won the championship because it was a bubble. That whole PS can just stop. Um, like I said, it's going to be a good series. Jokic is going to be Jokic. Um, I think we, as a Laker fan, I think we more so want Jokic to pass the ball more than score, to be honest. I don't remember if it was Gianni or PC that said that would be a problem, or maybe it was total. I don't know. But um, as a Laker fan, you should want um, Jokic to pass more because that means that Anthony Davis is doing his job on the inside and guarding the paint. Um, but, yeah, man, it's, game's, game is tomorrow night. Um, I expect the Lakers to come out with a, to steal a game from the um, from the Nuggets in Denver, um, and then yeah, the series should be uh, pretty interesting. But I do expect the Lakers to close out in six, um, and for the LA Lakers to be in the NBA Finals. I, I just have one more thing to say, and this whole bubble scandal. All right, people are probably saying like, "Oh, look, it's a conference finals rematch." Or, you know, same thing that we got in the bubble. The bubble was three years ago now. All right, the roster for the Lakers is not even the same anymore. Only LeBron and AD are the only players from that bubble roster that are still on the team. All right, I, I just want I want to clarify that it's like all four of these teams are completely different now. All right, the bubble was three years ago. We made our jokes about it, you know, it was fun and all, but it, it's completely different now. It's completely different now. All four teams have four completely different rosters. All right, so we need to to get that that allocation that agenda. That we're like you pushing. All right, this is not the same as the bubble. And, and PC, another thing too is that the matchup. People are are saying about you know like the rematch and everything. The Celtics and the Heat met last season as well. So like the bubble allegation and all the roster exactly things like that basically was thrown out the window last season. I feel, I felt. Okay, question three. Which rookie quarterback from the previous draft do you expect to have the best career? Anthony Richardson, Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, or Will Levis? PC, your thoughts first. I just want to add, TK, you are so nasty for throwing Will Levis into this question. Um, I'm going to uh, go ahead and say you're you're a troll. You're a troll. That's what you are. Um, for this question, I'm I'm going to say... You know what? I'm going to say Anthony Richardson. Um, after seeing Jalen Hurts' progression, um, and we all know what he's become, uh, the Colts are trying to replicate that. You know, the biggest question is can they? Uh, because this is a high-risk, high-reward type of situation with having Anthony Richardson as QB1. Um, you know, he is a developmental project. Uh, he obviously has a big, talented arm. Uh, and can uh, be mobile when he needs to. But now it's time to actually build around that. Um, but it's first time to see if he has what it takes to be the guy for Indianapolis. Um, you know, out of this core group, Bryce Young, you know, they kind of already have that in Carolina for him. Um, you know, but his height, I think, is going to be the his biggest downfall in his career. C.J. Shroud, um, much as I love Justin Fields, I, I still am not incredibly high on uh, Alabama quarterbacks. 
or uh, excuse me, Ohio State quarterbacks as I should be, um, or that people want to be. And again, Will Levis, I'm, I'm not even, I'm not even touching that one. Uh, so yeah, I will probably say Anthony Richardson. You know, he has the big. I think he has the most potential of everybody in this group. This one, I feel, can go Richardson or Stroud. I feel, but I'm gonna go with C.J. Stroud. I feel like the Texans. I don't know why, but I feel like the Texans are are trying to to head to the right direction. Hopefully, they don't screw this up. Honestly, but I like C.J. Stroud. I think he has the potential to be good. I think they need to to give him better receivers and everything. You could say the same thing for Richardson too, because I don't know what exactly they have at receiver really in Indianapolis. So I think CJ Stroud has a chance to to be good. I don't think right away, but most likely like down the line, he he could be like the best quarterback out of the group in this draft. Uh, yeah, I agree with PC. It's going to be Anthony Richard for me, simply just because of what I've seen Shane do with Jalen Hurts. That's really what the biggest thing is for me. Um, I don't know if I'm maybe crazy for this, but I think that Anthony Richardson possibly has a chance to be better than Jalen Hurts. Um, I mean, the talent is there, bro. I think his, I think his, I think his, PC, I don't know why you're looking at me like that, bro. Like, I think his limit is so much more higher than Jalen Hurts. Don't, don't do that to him. Don't, don't, don't do that. that that's There's just, that's truth. not fair to Richardson. Stronger arm. Bigger, stronger, faster. Like, what are we saying? Y'all said this about Justin Fields, all right? Y'all are putting these kids ahead of a guy (laughs) that just outplayed Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl, man. Like, what are we talking about? I understand, but I mean, PC hasn't even played an NFL game yet. That's why I said he's high, but come on. (laughs) It's higher than Jalen Hurts. Nobody expected Jalen Hurts to be what he was, right? Yeah, you're right. You're right. But I, I, but I'm saying from what I see from, I mean, maybe I'm just a huge Anthony Richardson stand, and maybe I, I need to see a therapist. But PC man, if everything goes correct, they continue to build around this kid. I'm telling you right now, Anthony Richardson is easily going to be the best quarterback out of this, out of this, out of this draft. And honestly, his his ceiling is higher than Jalen Hurts. And the only reason I'm naming Jalen Hurts is because Shane, Jalen, now you have Shane, Anthony Richardson. I mean. Bro, I mean, they're both quarterbacks cut from the same type of cloth. I mean, it just makes so much sense, bro. Um, I like C.J. Stroud a lot, but honestly, I just think his situation in Houston, until they fire ownership, I just don't think there's really anything that's ever going to really change that franchise. Will Levis, you guys are really going to stop hating on Will Levis, bro. Like, PC, I'm really going to need you to stop hating on Will Levis. He is going to be a phenomenal quarterback. He's going to surprise a lot of – he's going to surprise a lot of people. And when he finally takes over for Ryan Tannehill, it will be at the right time. And he's going to take a lot of people by storm, bro. And and also, PC, three of those quarterbacks are in the same division, right? So I think we can both agree that we don't think the Texans are going to be able to do anything with C.J. Stroud for at least two, three Possibly four more years, bro. Depending on how they build this right now. You are you're the Colts. The Colts are a team that's possibly ready to win, if not this year, next year. And if Will Levis can take over the job for Ryan Tannehill, who absolutely stinks. I I honestly expect Will Levis to be the starter by the time the beginning of the season starts, bro. Like that's how bad I think Ryan stinks, bro. 
He's not but, even the third string right now, I think. But he's definitely the second string PC. I mean, I told him. Will, hey, uh, Willis, Willis, Willis is basically, uh, he's about to be on his way out, bro. They do not believe in that kid at all for whatever reason. But yeah, so right now he's quarterback too. And I honestly think by the time training camp and everything happens preseason, I expect Will Levis to be the starting quarterback, bro. Ryan Tanner will be traded. Um, I mean, maybe to the Eagles, they really like backup quarterbacks. So maybe you'll get traded to the Eagles. <laughs> All right, that was a joke. That was a joke, man. That was that was a troll. Oh yeah, but it yeah. better have been. It better be a troll. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, so be a be great backup in Denver, though. Oh, uh, here we go. Here uh, we go. Yeah. No, no. Add to the list? Add to the list, you said? Yeah. No. Yeah, that's just what oh, I'm going. Guys gave me We're done here. We're done here. We're done here. Right. Don't be using me as your escape plan. <laughs> Salud. Uh, it's, it's Anthony Richardson. I mean, y'all already said it enough. Everyone keep people saying that he's a Cam Newton and Lamar Jackson combined. I mean, that's like, it's Anthony Richardson. Let's move on. Please. All right, bit. Okay, now it's time for our next segment. It's time to play a little game of Would You Rather, the James Harden edition. So, first, would you rather have Jamal Murray or James Harden? James Harden. Simply because I know what he could be as number one option. We all know what Jamal Murray. It, we all know if Jamal Murray can lead a team as number one option. He doesn't need to be. That's so I guess it. you're picking I'm going Murray. Oh, Murray. Okay. Would you rather have Donovan Mitchell or James Harden? Again, uh, one of those situations where I just feel like Harden is a better playmaker. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, James Harden is the better playmaker, but, I mean, Donovan Mitchell is a very underrated playmaker. He's, he, 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 I mean, he's, he's a pretty good playmaker himself. He just doesn't get talked about a lot. Because TK, I'm like, TK, TK, TK. That man just got bullied four. out of the playoffs by the Knicks. He did. He just he got did. bullied out of the playoffs by the Heat. He did. However, however, I trust him more than I trust James Harden if I had to throw one of the two out there in a game whatever in the playoffs and told me go out there and get buckets and win me the game they may both lose the game but I, I, I trust Donovan Mitchell a little more than I trust James Harden so I gotta go Donovan Mitchell I'm going with Donovan Mitchell as well um, I trust him a little bit more than Harden in the playoffs even though this playoff meltdown was, was pretty awful too for Donovan Mitchell I think he, he's more likely to go off more I feel and, and win a series too this is uh, they both had playoff meltdowns. I mean, Donovan Mitchell lost the Knicks. I mean, that's 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 another thing for itself. But if I had to choose the one that I would most likely go off, it's Donovan Mitchell at this point. So I'm going with Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, I, I agree with PC. I'm going one of the best scores in the game, aka White Mamba, aka Light Skin Mamba, aka uh, Stop. Stop, stop, stop right there. Stop right there. No. Okay. I'm going to my turn, correct? Thank you. Like I said, I'm going to go with the light-skinned Mamba himself. I'm calling him light-skinned Mamba. That is so disrespectful. I'm going with Devin Booker as well. I'm going James Harden because Devin Booker is a disgrace to mankind. You got your butt kicked by two white European men back to back. 
let that slide. You stink, Devin Booker. And the fact that TK him light skin mamba, you should be ashamed of yourself. You should Toby, be you're trolling with this answer right now. I'm you're not gonna trolling. I'm being over. Get serious. I'm okay. not trolling. All right, I'm being all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. James Harden, because James Harden, he's a playoff choker, but he wouldn't get blown out in his home court by two European men. He would never do that. Jalen Brown or James Harden? Jalen Brown. Yeah, I'm going Jalen Brown, better defender, elite defender, actually. Um, and 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 very underrated play uh playmaker and very good on offense. He's not afraid to get a bucket in his points. Number one option. Number one option. Possibly. Possibly. But actually, no, I'm not no, putting more. No, I, no possibly is. However, I will say this. He is way, way, way more efficient than Jason Tatum. Yeah, I'm going with Jalen Brown as well. Great defender. You can get buckets as well. So I, I just I just like him more. Jalen Brown, he just locked up Harden yesterday, and um, he is a future Atlanta Hawk when he gets out of Jason Tatum's shadow. Anthony Edwards or James Harden? I would go in. Strictly up potential, and I like Ant's potential. Yeah, I'm going to add but basically off the potential, he's a lot younger, and um, he hasn't even reached his ceiling yet, so... Yeah, I'm going to go with Anthony Edwards as well. The potential to be great. He already is great, bro. He's And he's 21 years old. It's just he's on a poverty franchise that traded their entire future for Rudy Gobert. Once Rudy Gobert leaves and Carly Anthony Towns leaves, Anthony Edwards is going to move into the top five shooting guards in the NBA discussion. Promise that. Stamp it. Obviously, Anthony Edwards. DeJounte Murray or... James Harden. Um, I'm gonna go Harden. Uh, Murray was a big fish in a small pond in San Antonio. Then he went to Atlanta and became almost like a small fish in a big pond. Like I, he didn't do it for me this past year, his first year in Atlanta. So I'm going Harden. Yeah, Dewanty Murray. He stinks. Um, I'm just gonna leave it at that. I'm going Harden. I'm going Harden easily. I'm going Harden as well. The Hawks played better without Dejounte Murray in the playoffs than with him. Clay Thompson or James Harden? James Harden. Come on, James Harden. Well, I don't know why you said come on. Like, it was so obvious. I'm going Clay Thompson, one of the greatest shooters of all time. Top five greatest My guy, of all time. I'm sorry. I'm he willing to admit. The Splash Brother, a.k.a. I'm willing to four admit. Time, four time, four Clay time, four Thompson four time. He's officially washed now. He's officially washed now. All right. I'm willing to admit it. You, you got to get the same energy. Like I said, well, I don't, I don't like to pick and choose. I'm not doing that anymore. Dude went three for eighteen in that elimination game against the Lakers. I'm not, I'm not putting them over hard. Um, I'm going Clay. Really, that, that's all I'm gonna say. Clay Thompson. James Harden. I mean, Clay. Like PC say, Clay is washed. He's cooked. He's finished product. And the only thing the dude can do is flex his four rings that Stephen KD got him. He stinks. He's absolute garbage. Also, bro. also, you could do so much more with Harden than you could do with Thompson. You know, yeah, it's not yeah. like how it used to be. You know, where stinks, man. Thompson had the defensive edge. Everyone keeps saying game six clay like that wasn't when Obama was still president. Man, he stinks. He's cooked. Trey Young or James Harden? I I guess Trey, I guess 
because he, he knows how to hit clutch shots in the playoffs, but defensive liability. Yeah, I agree with PC. Neither of them play defense. Uh, they're both really good playmakers. They're, they're both pretty good scorers, but I, I just trust Trey Young a little more in the clutch. Yeah, same. I'm going to go with Trey Young. He's more clutch, I feel, and he hits the big shots. I stray. Fred Van Vliet or James Harden? I'll go Harden because Van Vliet, Babbage. How about Babbage? Uh, I mean, yeah, I go Harden too, I guess. The way better playmaker. I mean, Fred Van Vliet has a ring, but you can easily say it's because of Kawhi. So, um, yeah, James Harden. I'm going with Harden as well. Yeah, James Harden, Fred Van Fleet is just a small guard that really can't really do anything. If his offense isn't there, then he's damn near useless. So, obviously, James Harden. Okay, last one. Jalen Brunson or James Harden? I'll take. I might be the only one on this. I'm going with Harden. Um, I know I know Brunson, he had a great playoff. He had a great postseason run. Um I want to see him do this now consecutively. All right. I want to see him become the star of New York. All right. Did excellent in his first year, but I need to see him do it consistently. I'm going hard. Yeah, I'm going Brunson. Um, we, we literally witnessed a, like, we all witnessed a guy take the next level um, in his development, in his career, really. Um, I mean, dude went from a borderline, maybe top 20 ish point guard to, not the damn near a top 10. Well, actually, no, he's 100% a top 10 point guard right now. And for me, it's what he did in the regular season, but how he showed up in the playoffs. Even in the losses, I think he dropped like 45 on the on the heat in, in that elimination game. I mean, dude goes out there, he plays, and, and to top it all off, he was hurt also. So, I mean, Brunson is going to be special, bro. If, if I'm New York in that organization, they need to get that dude a superstar ASAP. Get him a real superstar, not named Julius Stupid Ass Randall, because he is absolute dog shit. He needs to be, he needs to, you guys need to kick him out of New York. He's trash. Brunson as well. The guy is amazing. If they get another star, that, that, that could be pretty scary potential right there. Yeah, Jalen Brunson, man. I mean, he was he carried the New York Knicks throughout the entire playoffs, man. He carried it, and the crazy thing, he's still only twenty six years old. He he's still pretty young, and obviously he's a top ten player. I mean, the Knicks they need to get him a star. Julius Randle, not it. R.J. Barrett, he stinks. Me and you, like, come on, bro. Get rid of R.J. Barrett. Get rid of Julius Randle. Maybe try to go after. I don't know, maybe Carl uh, Anthony Towns, I guess. I don't care. Just get Jalen Brunson another star. Okay, and that does it for Would You Rather. Um, now it's time for our last segment, which is my personal favorite. That is Hot Takes. And first to give their Hot Take of the Week is Todu. All right, my Hot Take is um, the Cleveland Browns might, after that Zadarius Smith trade, they might have won the offseason. I'm and I can't believe I just said that. They might, they might be, they might be right there with the Bengals, man. They might be right there. I know Deshaun Watson's a freaking weirdo, but that but 
They might be up there. They, wait, uh, they, wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Time out, time out, time out, time out, time out. Tolu, can you name me any other offseason move the Browns have made outside of that? More. They, dra- they got Elijah Moore. They drafted Cedric Tillman. They still got uh, uh what's the Dallas Cowboys? Uh, Amari Cooper. Uh, they still got Kareem Hunt. They still got Nick Chubb. Deshaun no, Kareem Hunt's gone. Here, though, but he's, he's good. And they, they're beefed up their defensive line. Okay? Miles Garrett and Zadarius Smith doesn't scare you guys? That's a good defensive line, bro. That's a it's good defensive good. line. It's, it's better. I, I'm they're, just saying. I can name got, a few better, got, actually. They, they, they're right up there with the Bengals, in my opinion. They, they, they got better. So then you're saying they're better than you guys because the Bengals are better than the Ravens. Us? No, we yeah. own the Browns. We own the Browns. It don't matter what they put out there. We always beat them every single year. But the Bengals, they got the Bengals number. I ain't gonna lie because Joe Burrow's only won like one game when he played the when he played the Browns, and that was when when Baker was there too. When Baker was there, so the Browns got the Bengals number. So and they got better, bro. They got better. They got better. And I hate the Browns. Hate them. Hate them. But they got better. After that Sadari Smith trade, they got they did they and they had a good draft too, bro. Like yeah, people but, are sleeping on them. They're sleeping on them. That's crazy. And you know, I would never root for that weirdo to show. Yeah, I'm uh I'm a, I'm gonna go ahead and keep sleeping. You know, yeah, yeah I feel gonna... like totally trying to convince us and yeah, I, I'm just saying they got better. <laughs> It wouldn't surprise that. me if the Browns fold again because the Browns will be the Browns. If they fold again, then then that wouldn't surprise me. The Browns will be – they're going to have all the talent in the world, and they will still fucking fold because they're the Browns. The Browns will brown. The boy said he they, he said they won the offseason. Wow. That's crazy. They, they had a good offseason, man. You guys can deny They won it, not they had a good one. Yeah, but you said they won, won it. it. They won it. Yeah, no, if you had said they had a good offseason, then yeah, I would agree. They didn't win the offseason. There are like at least two or three more teams that have better offseasons. Yeah, up top it's us, bro. We won the offseason. But I don't it. Eagles had better offseason. Cowboys had better offseason. Uh, hell, even, uh, well, I can't, I can't say the Bengals. You know, but I would even argue that the Steelers had a better offseason than the Browns. So, I don't yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's a high. I still don't trust Kenny. This my Eagles going all the way back to the Super Bowl. Yo, what? Yeah, yeah. No, he is not. There the listener. He is not an Eagles fan. That man is a miserable Broncos fan. First of all, nobody said he. First of all, I'm not an Eagles. Just want to clarify. My bills are finally. My bills are going all the way to the Super Bowl. Okay. Yeah. Not playing my bills. Yeah. So y'all just not gonna let me in y'all fan bases, but that's really how y'all feel, cause I can. Yeah. Yeah. PC, especially how he be talking about our teams, right? Ain't no way. Y'all not even the best team in your division. First of all, Desi, Desi, sweetheart, I would never root for a team that never won. Your hot take. Your hot take. Your hot take. Your hot take, please. Okay, my hot take is going to be this. The Buffalo Bills and the Chiefs are going to meet in the AFC Championship, and guess what's going to happen again? Yeah, that's what I thought. Shut up. All right, so let me get a real hot take. Um, so here's my hot take. Um, damn, yeah, I actually didn't, didn't have a hot take, so I'm kind of going to think of one off the top of my head now. Okay, here's my hot take. 
What the fuck y'all looking at? <laughs> All right. So I'm going to base this off what PC said earlier. Or maybe a, what, what, I don't know if it was PC or Gianna. I don't know who it was. But my hot take is going to be this. Ladies, oh, I see Gianna. This is going to suck for you, bro. I'm sorry. Jason Tatum is officially back, ladies and gentlemen. So my hot take is going to be this. No, In the not. Eastern Conference Finals Series round, Jason Tatum, not only are the, are, are the Celtics going to win in six, Jason Tatum is going to break the Eastern Conference Finals record for most points average. He's going to average 40 against the Heat. There you go. That's my hot take. Not. He's so inconsistent. No, he's not. I mean. Yeah, he's so you got you, you to gotta actually um, think about his inconsistency. Even so, think, 40 is insane against yeah, Miami Stevens. 40. 40 ball. Yeah, you not, do you yeah. not know that he have a good defense? That is not going to happen. Totally what? They're not called a hot take? It's not called a hot take. That's why it's a hot take. All right, so my hot take this week. Um, it's about the NFC. One team has to step up, all right? I'm 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 the Eagles. All right, I'm looking for a team to step up and make their case for a viable threat to the throne. All right, the Niners. I would say them, but honestly, they don't even know who they want to be. Who uh, they want uh, QB one to be there. Uh, the Cowboys. They always cowboy. The Giants. I don't fear. Um, and then there are the Lions. Who I do think are going to be, uh, you know, sneaky good this year. You got the Seahawks. Sorry, we'll have to wait and see how Gino plays. Um, my hot take this week is that the Atlanta Falcons are not only going to win their division this year, terrible NFC South, but I think they are going to win at least one playoff game this season. Um, they certainly have the talent for it, all right. But now they have to focus on a guy like. Um, Taylor Heineke leading them to the playoffs. Sorry, I do think that he has that cap- uh, capability leading them to the playoffs. What will really surprise me, what will really make this hot take a hot take, is them winning in the playoffs because Taylor Heineke is good enough to win you the NFC South. He is all right. NFC South is not going to be good this year, all right. But you know, you have Kyle Pitts, you have Drake London, now Bijan Robinson. Um, I say add, go and add a few defensive pieces at the trade deadline, and the Falcons can win at least one playoff game this year. So that's my hot take. The Falcons are going to uh, have a very successful year, in my opinion. And another Eagles road to a Mickey Mouse Super Bowl. Crazy. (laughs) To the Super Bowl. Can't believe it. I'm not going to mention that the Eagles really have a cakewalk to the Super Bowl. Oh, what, what, what do you want us to do, my man? Uh, like, cakewalk. We can't, we can't, we can't. Move this isn't kitchen nightmares, all right? Move the Eagles to the Howie Roseman is not Gordon Ramsay, all right? He can't go team to team and help improve every single team in the AFC. He just can't. I'm sorry. Or just move the Eagles to the AFC. Yeah, that's where the big boys are at, buddy. <laughs> okay. Okay, for my hot take, um, I'm going to go with the NBA. It's going to be – we're going to get a finals rematch of the bubble. Um, Heat and Lakers. Yo. It's going to be amazing. Um, I think it's going to go to seven games. And the crazy thing about this 
entire season because this season has been so weird that we don't even know like who's really going to actually get the ring really this season. But for Game 7, this is just crazy to even think about. Game 7 will be in Miami. That That is, is just insane because the Lakers won 43 games and the Heat won 44 games. Just because of that, like it, it's just going to be chaos, I feel, in this NBA Finals. And I think we're going to get that rematch. It's going to be Jimmy versus Braun. I think he's going to go Game 7 in Miami. Who knows how that game turns out. But I just have a weird feeling. I, I hate making predictions off this team because with the way this playoff has gone, I've been enjoying the run and everything. I, I really don't want to make predictions. But I don't know why, but I just have a feeling this team can, can actually make the, the finals. I don't know why. It's just... It's just that this team just meant is, is pretty strong overall. And as long as Jimmy is healthy, I, I just think it, there's potential there. Boston has went through a seven-game tough series. Last season, look at what happened to them after a seven-game tough series. They kind of ran out of gas versus the Warriors and everything. So, you know, the Lion Hawks took them to six, six games. The Sixers took them to seven games, had them on the ropes. So, like, is anything could happen, really. And I feel pretty confident. I think if we beat the Celtics, it will be in seven games. We're going to reverse the entire thing, basically. We're going to beat them in Boston the way they beat us in game seven in Miami last season. Well, all right. Our EP is officially coming to an end. So, PC, I will pass it off to you for your monologue. Uh, all right. Uh, 124. It is almost in the books, people. Um, if you've listened all the way to the end of this episode, because this episode has been a lot of venting, a lot of ranting, and um, everything in between, I just hope that you've enjoyed every single minute of it. Make sure you go and follow our Twitter and IG at WHS underscore podcast and our YouTube and TikTok at We Hate Sports. Call up on, check up on, tell them that you love them. Um, and stay hydrated. Um, I do want to say happy belated Mother's Day to all the lovely mothers out there um, and all the caregivers, all the uh, people that have lost moms in their lives. Um, we all appreciate every single one of you. Um, and also, uh, happy belated birthday to Sean as well, uh, who turned a, the ripe age of 21 years old. So, um, you know, he has finals this week. That's why he wasn't on. Uh, he has to go and try to get that degree. That's the ultimate goal, right? Um, Really, I don't have anything special to say this week. Um, you know, it's it's been a rough last 24 hours. Um, it's going to be a long off season. Um, I don't have anything to say. So, you know, what I am going to do. I'm gonna just I'm gonna do a quick wave check. If you're listening on the audio episode, um, I don't know. Maybe I'll post this later on. Uh, make sure you come back next week for episode 125 um 125 we'll probably be doing we a trivia i know i said that last week um there goes tolu again um yeah y'all know the drill at this point i i don't think i need to uh i ain't missing anything out right i'm, I'm not missing i'm i'm not missing anything right guys no nobody's responding so i guess i'm not missing anything 
what is your problem? Like, why do you have that? Tolu. Tolu. Why do you have that in your phone? Tolu, bruh. What I do? What is wrong with you? What? That's not okay. Don't don't act like you didn't just get hard off of that, bro. You. you I mean, I did. I did. Yeah. See. All right, oh, bro, bro. nah, but my grandma freak, but you know, like the, the, the little horny honey. Pie. Oh my gosh, I, that that so chicken, bro. I had like seven pieces of chicken, but my dick hard. So, y'all so, see, I'm the only normal <laughs> one. You're not, you're not normal, you're not instant. I'm either. normal, don't, don't try. I don't you're not that you are. Yeah, issues, man. Desi, you're not normal. Gianna, what did I do? Issues. Everybody on this you call actually... has issues. All right. Oh what, what, no! 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 